Hello everyone. Good afternoon and welcome to this Bible study. Um, it's greatly amazing to, to, to be with us this afternoon and to share the word of God to us. I'm so excited to to have to, to, to share God's word with us this afternoon. And I must say I'm blessed, blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed beyond measure be the person to bring God's word to us. It's it's quite amazing what the Holy Spirit has lined up for us today. And and like I said, I'm just really blessed to be the person to bring God's word to us this afternoon. The word we're, we're going to speak on or we're sharing this afternoon is called the strategy of Moses. The strategy of Moses. And, you know, when when I listen or hear the topic, the strategy of Moses, yeah, I personally, I'm forced to think back. What strategy did Moses adopt? I mean, we know Moses, the high and mighty man. We know Moses, the prophet of God. We know Moses, the things that were written concerning him, so hyper, so you know, high up there. What strategy did Moses employ? How? Why can we say Moses had a strategy? But the Holy Spirit is going to bring our, into our mind wisdom, understanding. He's going to enlighten us this afternoon from the Word that will come forth in the name of Jesus. Before we begin. I just want us to start to start with the word of prayer, and it will just I'll just pray for us, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you very much for this afternoon. We thank you, Lord, for the grace to come before you. We thank you for the grace to seek your face. We thank you, Lord, for the word that you are bringing to us to our hearts. We thank you, Lord, because your word that has the potential to give life and understanding to those who hear will give us light and understanding in the name of Jesus. Cause our heart to be simple and receptive to your word in the name of Jesus. Illuminate our hearts, O Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that you will give us understanding and cause me to speak only as an oracle of you, nothing about myself, but everything about you in the name of Jesus. We give you glory and praise. We thank you, Jesus Christ. All glory and all honor to your holy name. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys, every single person who is here this afternoon. God bless you all mightily. I pray that the hand of the Lord rests upon you in the name of Jesus. Right, so our scriptural reference is from Exodus. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. We're going to be reading Exodus chapter 3. And um, if you if you have your Bible close by you, you can also flip there. Otherwise, I'll just read. The Bible says in chapter 3, I'll be reading from verse 3. It says, So Moses thought, I would go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And the word of the Lord came and says, do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was so afraid to look at God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Right. So, so this is the word. This is the text from where from where we will be studying. But before then, I want to give a background to you know to Moses and to his story. And this is how it applies to every one of us as believers. So this was Moses who grew up or who was born in in a situation or in a land in Egypt where it was it was almost entirely impossible to save a male child. First of all, the, the you know the Pharaoh had issued a decree to two midwives. Your names are um um what's what what are your names now um. Sifra and Pua to kill all the male children to be born to Egyptian women, but they didn't do that. So I mean that was a very very bad situ situation or difficult one. But they they loved God, they, they they heeded to the word to the word of the Lord. They did not kill them. But continuing for the third entity, all right, you know what we're going to do? Every male child born to an to an Israelite household should be thrown into the Nile. 
And that was a circumstance in which Moses was born as well. He was born with a decree to be thrown into the Nile. And when his parents had kept him for a while and he knew they couldn't keep him any longer, the Bible makes us to understand that his mom made, you know, like a basket and put him, put him inside and put him on the Nile and just watched him, you know, as he sailed, through, just praying that the hand of the Lord would be upon him. And indeed, the hand of the Lord was upon him, you know, following him through. And it so happened that Pharaoh's daughter came into the Nile that time with her maids to have her bath. And then we see Miriam coming up to say, should I get you a, a maid among the Hebrew women to nurse him? And, you know, Moses was given back to his mom, quite amazingly, to nurse. And she nursed him up until he was big enough. And then he was handed over to Pharaoh's daughter. Now, that's a wonderful background, right? And Moses grew up within, you know, the palace of, of Egypt. And he was called the daughter of Pharaoh. He grew up as a, pre, as a prince. Quite amazing. That's how he grew up. From someone who was meant to die and be exterminated with the rest of the Jewish boys who were born at the time. He now grew up as being called or being called the, um, the son of the daughter of, of Pharaoh, which was quite a very high and lofty position, you know, as a child to grow up in. However, we see the Bible says something. It says in, in chapter 2, verse 11, it says that one day after Moses had grown up or when Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and he watched them at, their, at, you know, at the hand of their laborers. And he saw an Egyptian man beating the Hebrew man, one of his own people. So Moses had come to this point or this stage in his life where he had grown up. He had reached a certain level in maturity and he was able to go out on his own and he was able to rationalize things himself. And he did not forget his route. He saw that there was an Egyptian taskmaster who was lording, you know, the work he was doing over the, the Israelites. And so he was beating him. And Moses saw that. And what was Moses' next action? Bible says in verse 12, he says, glancing this way and that way and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting and he said, why do you hit your fellow Hebrew? Or why do you hit your brother? Right. So Moses had seen two, uh, no, an Egyptian taskmaster lording his work over the Israelite and he decided to hit him, heal him and bury him in the sand very, very quickly. I'm sure Moses was very strong physically. here. We can see that also when he went to Midian and saw Jethro's daughter being chased away by the shepherds and he was able to pursue them. So physically, Moses had great strength. Moses was strong physically. Moses had very, very wonderful physical abilities. However, when, when he saw, when, so now the, the thing is, Moses growing up felt, I believe he felt the calling of the Lord upon his life to be the one who would liberate the Jews from the bondage that they were in. He felt so strongly that he was God's servant, God's sent instrument, God cho God's chosen one to liberate the Jews out of bondage and out of captivity in Israel or in, 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 in Egypt. And so he went out this day after gaining maturity, after becoming a man, and he saw the Israelites being maltreated under the hands of the Egyptian. And he thought, rightly speaking, that it was his place to rescue or to come save the um, Israelites from the oppression of the Egyptians. But what did he do? He decided to use the arm of flesh. Physically speaking, he was strong. He was able. I mean, the Egyptians were not. For you to be a taskmaster, he would definitely be strong. But he was very strong to not only kill him, but bury him in the sand so quickly that he didn't even think anyone, anyone had, had seen him. You know, it takes a bit of effort to kill a man. No matter how soft you are, it will take a bit of effort to kill you. But this was Moses who killed the man, not just the man. He killed an, a taskmaster so quickly. And he thought also that no one had seen him do what he did. That's how strong Moses was. We see also a couple of, you know, in chapter 3, when Moses fled and he went into Midian and he saw the shepherds who always pursue the daughters of um, 
of um, Jethro away and was able to chase them. One man chasing so many shepherds. That's how strong Moses was physically. But the thing is, he banked on the strength he had in and of himself, his physical abilities to try to do the will of God. I'm sure he knew, I'm sure it was in his mind that God had put the deliverance of the, of the Jews as a responsibility for him, hence the circumstances of his birth and his upbringing. But it was not so that God needed him to, you know, employ the physical abilities of his flesh. God needed him to come to him. So what do we see? Few chapters down the line, okay. What we see afterwards, anyways, is that even the people whom he thought he had a mandate to rescue did not accept his ministry. They were very, very, very obstinate about his, you know, his presence with them, and and you know, and, and they began to say things about him that do you want to kill us the same way you killed the Egyptians? And I'm sure Moses should have been very shocked at the time. Guys, I came to rescue you. How would you cast such an accusation against me? I'm one of your own. But the thing is, the people did not recognize that because. He did not come in the strength or in the power of God. And many of us are like Moses. We, you know, you feel like you ought, you ought to do something. You feel things are just not the way they ought to be. And you ought to do something about that. You feel like you have a responsibility in salvaging the situation or in making things better. But we are so quickly moved to coming in the arm of the flesh that, you know, even the very things that we wanted to do and the very results we intended to achieve now become counteracted. And you're not able to achieve them. And the very people you thought you came to deliver will then turn up against you. That's the same thing that happened for Moses. That most likely will be the same thing that will happen for every single person who comes to the calling of God upon your life with the arm of flesh. Remember, Moses was strong. Many of us think we're strong in and of ourselves. But that is not what God wants us to use. God wants us to use the ability of the Spirit. But we see that Moses, you know, ran away from there, ran away into media and met, you know, um, Jethro got married to Zipporah, had children from her. And then one time, the Bible says in chapter 3, it says, Now Moses was standing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. So Moses was tending to the flock of Jethro. And he led the flock to the far side of Horeb, the mountain of the Lord or the mountain of God. Now, in our sojourn in life, one thing is important that we, we have at all times the need to come to God. He led the flock to, to Horeb, the mountain of the Lord or the mountain of God. What is this saying to us? Or how instructive is this for us? Everything we would imagine to do and every single thing that we would try to do or we would try to achieve cannot be achieved outside the help and outside the power of God. We must go with him. We must first, before going to, with him, you must first come to him. So Moses led the flock of Jethro unto Horeb, the mountain of God. And we see the Bible says that there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So God will definitely at all times bring the sign to us. For Moses, this was his own sign. Something that seemed, you know, inexplicable. It was not possible that a bush will be caught up in fire but not burnt up. Imagine that, that you see something, or imagine a piece of paper, there is fire on it, but it's not being burnt up. That would definitely be a perplexing sign. But the thing is for us to, God has brought all such signs to us to also capture, you know, to also capture our attention, to bring us to look at something that is strange. There are some things that are happening around you that are strange, that are not plausible. There are things that are inexplicable. Probably the times you wake up at night, Maybe you see that in the frequency of time, you'll be waking up at a certain time at night. Not like you have set an alarm. It's just what has been happening. This thing is inexplicable based on natural thinking. 
But God is putting that sign to call you to him. So what, let's see the reaction of Moses. The Bible says, so Moses thought, I would go over and see this strange sight, why the bush was not burnt up. And we ought to learn the kind of wisdom Moses employed here. So he saw a strange sight, like many of us have seen. God has brought certain things, things that seem strange. Visions are where we have had dreams. These things seem strange. It is not enough that you saw the strange things. What you must then do is to go over and see what this thing means. So let me say, for example, I see my spirit right down that about three people had certain dreams at night they did not fully understand. What did you do about that dream? Did you go on to listen to God and hear what he had to say about what you saw in your dream? Some of you have had visions, even today, like two people from about 12 p.m. Did you go to God to ask him, what did you, you know, what is the vision you were trying to communicate with me about? What does this mean? When you see Moses, the Bible says that he, he went up to see in the strange sight and thought, why did this bush not burn up? The question you should start asking yourself is, why have I seen the signs I am seeing? Why have I seen the visions I am seeing? Why have the dreams come to me the way they have come? Those are the questions we should begin to ask ourselves because those things are very, very big indicators for an encounter. God is bringing these things our way that we will come to him. And the Bible says in verse 4, it says, When the Lord saw that Moses had gone over to look, God called him. Praise God. He says, when the Lord saw that Moses had gone over to look. So when God sees that the thing he has done or the signs he has put in your way has been able to call you to himself, then the, the Holy Spirit of God will speak to you. That's how it is to be with the encounter. God puts certain things our way to bring us from this point where we were to the point where he wants us to be. And it's important that we approach God and with a desire to find out what these things mean, what these things are. That is a strategy. That is one strategy that Moses employed that we many believers in this day are not employing. You see things, you see signs, you see God showing you certain things in dreams, in visions, through the word of knowledge. People speaking to you, they seem abstruse. They seem like, you know, these things are strange. How can these things be? But what God is expecting from you at this time is to go and look and inquire. What does these things mean? People have come to you and say, oh, I see that there is, a, there is the hand of the Lord is upon you. You'll be a great instrument. You'll be a great minstrel. You're looking at yourself. You're wondering, how can these things be? With the self I know, and myself I know, I know that this is not possible. But what God is expecting you at the point is to go forth and look. The Bible says in verse 4, it says, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. You are sure to receive a call when you go to God to find out why he put the signs he put there. You are sure to receive a call from God when you go to him and find out why he put the dreams and the visions and the very things. Because God is bringing signs our way at different times. And if you do not go to ask God, Lord, what does these things mean? You are not likely to get a response from God because God has put the initial call through by putting a sign, a strange sign, something that is inexplicable with the natural instincts of man. He has put that in our way so that we would be called onto that or drawn to him for us to go inquire. Lord, what does this mean? The Bible says, you know, and, 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 and Moses said, here I am. So now beyond just seeing the sign, beyond just being drawn to the sign, you must also be willing to present yourself. Lord, here I am. Now I have come. The Bible says concerning Jesus, I have come to do your will, the things that have been written concerning me in the volumes of the book. Lord, here I am. I have come. Here I am. That was Moses' response to God's call upon him. Moses, Moses, and Moses said, Lord, here I am. How many of you guys are responding to God saying, Lord, here I am. God is calling you. God has put a sign. Some of you have responded. Some of you have been inquisitive to go and inquire why God has put that sign. How many of us are saying, Lord, here I am. 
by Moses saying, Lord, here I am. What he's saying or what he's responding to is, Lord, I'm here. Lord, I'm available. Lord, see me. I'm here. And that is how God wants us to respond to him. Lord, here I am. And the Bible says, God speaking to him says, do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. And this is very emphatic for us as believers because many times we come to God and we want to still retain on ourselves the very sandals that we wore to him. But that is not possible with God because you see that with God, every single thing that had formed the fulcrum of your existence before must be taken off. What did the sandals represent? It represented Moses' life from the start of his life to the point where he met God. It represented his experience. It represented his sojourns through life. It represented all the things that he had encountered in life before he came to the place of meeting God. That was what his sandals represented. God said to him, do not come any closer with those sandals on. Take them off for where you are standing is holy ground. And God will ask everyone who comes to him to take off your sandals. You are not an exception to that. God will ask you to take off the things that have formed the basis of your life. He will ask you to take off the things that have formed the basis of your philosophy. He will ask you to take off the things that have formed the basis of your worldview when you come to him. Even if it's for the reason of establishing his supremacy over your life, God will give you a new instruction. It had never been heard before where God said to a person to take off your sandals. But God said that to Moses upon this encounter. And God will be saying that to everyone. Take off your sandals. He will be giving you instructions to do strange things carry out strange instructions but that is God saying to you to take off your sandals he will wake you up to pray at strange times at night he will say he will put words in your mouth to speak to people God will do strange things with you but it's normal because that is God's protocol for an encounter you will take off your sandals we see Joshua as well the Bible speaking concerning Joshua I just want to turn there you know to us to, for us to read because you would think it's probably only Moses this happened to no when Joshua came before the angel of the Lord the angel of the Lord said to him Take off your sandals. Take them off. The Bible says in, in Joshua chapter 5, it says in verse 13, it says, When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Basically the same thing. God put a sign before Joshua. He looked up, he saw a man standing with a drawn sword and Joshua approached. The same thing Moses did. Moses approached the burning bush. Joshua also approached the man. The Bible says, and Joshua went up to him and asked, are you here for us or for our enemies? It is important, guys, when we see a sign, when you see something strange, Joshua saw a man standing up with a drawn sword. He approached. Moses saw a burning bush and he wasn't consumed. He approached. Are you approaching the signs that God is putting your way? Are you coming forward to inquire the Lord, what the Lord is putting in your way? Joshua saw the man with a drawn sword. He approached. He says, are you for us or are you against us? The man replied, neither. He replied, but as, as, as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. It says, then Joshua fell to the ground in reference and asked him, what message does the Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Joshua was a man of war. He had gone through war, fought me. You know, he was a man of warfare. He, he had seen, you know, conquest and all these things before now. He was ready to go up and take the heights of Jordan. He was ready to go up and take the walls of Jericho. But the thing is, the instructions that were to follow next after this encounter were instructions that Joshua was not used to based on his own mindset as being a man of war. Imagine you are a man of war and God is saying to you, right, from here on, what you're going to do to take over this city called Jericho is you're going to march around it seven days and, and one time each until the seventh day and you march around seven times on the seventh day. How does that make sense? But we see the angel saying to him, 
take off your sandals for where you are standing is holy ground. The thing is, God will give us new instructions. The instructions may seem strange. The instructions may seem inexplicable, but they'll definitely come. It happened for Moses. It happened for Joshua like him. The protocol is the same. God will put a strange sign. For Moses, it was the burning bush. For Joshua, it was the man standing with a drawn sword. You must approach. You must come. You must come forward. Moses approached and sought to, to see what the sign was. Joshua approached to see what that sign was. You must speak. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. The angel spoke to Joshua. God spoke to, 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 to Moses from the burning bush. And you must respond. Moses asked, Lord, here. But Moses said, your Lord, here I am. Joshua asked, Lord, what is the message that you bring forth from us? And the response was, take off your sandals. Both for Moses, both for Joshua. That is a strategy I want every believer to come across. That you will know to ask, Lord, what is it I am to do? And the instruction will come, take off your sandals. Remember, the sandals represent your worldview, represent the things that you have known, represent your philosophies, represent your strategies, the things you thought you, you knew and you relied on. For Moses, it was the arm of flesh. He knew or he thought in himself that he was able to rot liberation for the Jews by virtue of his physical ability or by virtue of his strength. But God said to him, take off your sandals. The liberation God was desirous of rotting for the Jews was not going to be with weapons of war whatsoever. It was just going to be by his mighty outstretched arm. God can do anything he wants to do, how he wants to do them. But the instruction will not change. For you, it will be to take off your sandals. For Moses, it was to take off his sandals. For Joshua, it was to take off his sandals. And for every one of us, it will be to take off your shoes. It doesn't mean take off your physical sleepers or sandals or shoes or whatever you have on you physically. This is a spiritual sign. These are signs that God put. The Bible says, for the things that were written aforehand were written for our learning. The things that have been written have been written for our learning. And God is saying to us, from these signs, what I'm saying to this generation is that you guys, for as many of you who would be responsive to the signs that have put on the way, you must take off your sandals. And for many other people, we see so many examples of signs. For Gideon, there was a sign that called him to God. For, for the angels who stood, or for the shepherds who stood in the field, the Bible says that they saw a great sign in the heaven. For the wise men, they say we saw his star appear in the heavens. They were drawn to it. We need to be led by the signs that God puts on our way. What signs have you seen? What signs have you ignored? That was the starting point of the encounters that God will, was desirous of having with you. We must listen. We must be responsive to the signs that God brings our way. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Many of us, I keep on saying this, have had dreams. Some of us, this night, the last night we slept till this morning, some of us had visions. About two, three of us, about 12 p.m. today, you saw something flash. Some of, two of you were not, I don't know, you, you just saw it, not, not, not really inquiring, but the Holy Spirit is saying, go back to that sign. Go back to that sign. He wants to speak to you through the sign that you saw. He wants to speak to you because that is what will mark you for greatness. That, that is what will mark you for the encounter. That is what will mark you for the next stage or for the next level you are going to in life. That is his own strategy for your upliftment. That is the strategy that Moses saw. That is the strategy he began to war with. That is the same strategy that we ought to live by as well. Take off your sandals. And let's go back to the Bible says, do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Now, God introduced himself to Moses. You see, many of us are going to do work for God, the God we don't know. We're going to do things for God when we don't even have a relationship with him. We don't even have a deep walk. I mean, basically, we're going to do stuff for the God we don't know. 
but you can't do great stuff for the God you do not know because the Bible speaking in Daniel 11.32, you can read that. It says, they that know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits. Yes, Moses thought in his heart that God had God. I mean, I mean, he knew about God, but he did not know God personally for himself. So Moses thought in his heart, right? So God has put something in my heart to do for the Jews, to be a liberator for the Jews. Yet he had no relationship with him. But um, until he came to this place in God, to this place in encounter, then God introduced himself to him saying, I am the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. I am the God of your fathers. God must introduce himself to you. The question I want to ask right now for everyone who is listening, what has God introduced himself to you as? What is the revelation of God that you carry that is going to help you on your assignment? It was these revelations of God to Moses that helped Moses in the assignment wherewith it went. Let's read something. The Bible says in that verse 6 there, it says, I am the God of your fathers, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, I am the God of Jacob. Daniel 11 verse 32 says, It's only they that know their God that shall be strong and shall do exploits. There is a need for us to have a knowledge of God because without the knowledge of God, there is nothing that will reinforce our conviction when we go on the assignment. So let me give an example. So God says to you, for example, I'm gonna, I want to make you to take over the entrepreneurial space. And then you step into the entrepreneurial space and you see what is most predominant there. You see people, you know, faking commodities, faking goods, bringing things that are hazardous and harmful. You see people consulting the gods, you know, mammons, consulting demons, making blood sacrifices and doing things that should not be done. And you are there. Yes, you feel like God would not have you do this, but there is no deep knowledge of God beyond just the ephemeral that you know. How are you able to sustain your conviction if you do not know God? I'm not saying you do not know about God because... I believe every single person listening knows about God. You know that, okay, you've, you've heard that God is strong. You've heard that God is good. You've heard that God is powerful. You've heard that God is a healer. You've heard that God can supply all your needs. But that's what you know about him. The question is, do you know him? That's the question. Do you know him? Paul says, now you know God and, 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 he's, and now, now God knows you and you are known by him. Now you know him as well. The question is, do you know God? Paul says, I know whom I have believed. The question is, do you know God? What do you know about God? What is that deep-rooted, seated knowledge in you about God that will never fail you? For Moses, he came to this place where God introduced himself to him. Has God introduced himself to you? And if so, as what? The Bible speaking in the book of Exodus 6. Or Exodus, um, yeah. Can we just turn there and just read what the Holy Spirit said to Moses, what God said to Moses. In Exodus chapter 6, the Bible says, in verse 2, it says, God also said to Moses, I am the Lord, verse 3, it says, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name Jehovah, I had not made myself known to them. So there was a new revelation of God that Moses began to carry by the encounter I had with God. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had known God as the El Shaddai, the God Almighty, the insufficient one. But as the name Jehovah, the name Lord overall, they had not known him. But God was able to make this identity known to Moses from the encounter that Moses had with him. The question is, what identity have you received from God? What knowledge have you had of God? We continue reading in, Genesis, in, in Exodus 3. The Bible says, when Moses asked him, what shall I say on who shall I say sent me? God speaking in verse 14, he says, you know, God speaking, he says, in, God said to Moses, verse 14, he says, I am who I am. If you check your referencing, you may also find, I will be what I will be. So when Moses was going to Israel, into Egypt to liberate the children of Israel, he had the God who to him was who anything he wanted the God to be. God was who God was to Moses what he would be when he wanted to be. God was I am that I am. I am who I am. 
question still remains. What do you know God as? Whom do you know God as? That's a big question. We should begin to start answering. Who is it that you know God as? What is the revelation that you have received from God based on the knowledge of your encounter with him? For many people, when they came into deep places of encounter with God, there was a new knowledge or new depth in God they were able to explore. They began to know God as something beyond what they had known him before us. Moses knew God beyond just the ephemeral. He knew God now as the God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of his ancestors before him. He came to know God also as the God who I am. I am the God I am. That is what Moses knew God as. We ought to also have a new knowledge of God based on the encounters that we would have with God. And the thing is, beyond just the word, I am who I am, when God speaks to you, beyond just the speaking, he communicates spirit, he communicates life to you. John 6, 63, the Bible says that the words I speak to you are spirit and life. They are not just mere words. They are not just words in the flesh. When you hear the word of the Lord or when God speaks to you, they are able to communicate life to you. They are able to communicate spirit. So Moses, beyond just hearing the word, I am who I am, he was able to get the spirit of the word. He was able to get the life from the word. And so that ushered him into a new level of relationship and walk with him. Based on the revelation God gave to him, I am who I am. What revelation have we received from God, from God, folks? What things has the Holy Spirit said to us? What encounters have we had with him? Remember the trajectory. God will put a sign. You must be drawn to that sign. You must say, here I am, Lord. You must take off your sandals. It will not change with you. Trust me. You are no exception to this rule. You must. I feel like the most difficult part for a lot of people is that point where it comes to taking off your sandals. Because you feel like, I know how this thing is done. I know how this thing ought to be done, at least. I feel like if you want to liberate, because before then, if you want to liberate people from a foreign land, what you have to do is simply wage war. That is what Moses knew. That is what he had, you know, been, you know, that is what he had come up with. Being in the palace of Egypt, he saw how people strategically took over land and took over territories and caused liberation for people. That is what he knew. That is the strategy he had grown up with. But God said to him, in this point in your walk with me, you must take off your sandals. You must take off your shoes. You must take off the things that you need to do as right. You must begin to walk as though you were bare feet. You must begin to walk as though you have not gained any experience before. You must begin to walk with me as though you were a baby. Because it's only a baby you would say to walk around the walls you want to take over. To walk around for seven days and to march around it seven times and shout. It's only a baby you would say to do that and will do that. It's only a person who hasn't gained any experience before in warfare, in military strategy, in anything that will listen to you and will carry that instruction. God is saying to us, it will not be different for you. For as many of us who would want to come to him, the instruction will not change. You must take off your sandals. The Lord is able to help us with understanding of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We continue further very quickly. The Bible makes us to understand that Moses, after he had come to that encounter with God, was able to know God in the person of the, the God of his ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was able to know God as the God I am, the God who will be what he will be. He was able to know God as Jehovah, a dimension of God that was not revealed to Abraham, a dimension of God that was not revealed to Isaac, a dimension of God that was not revealed to Jacob. God is bringing a new dimension of himself, a dimension that may not have been revealed to fathers beforehand, but that dimension is still valid. You must know that dimension. I feel I should pause there for a few seconds. God is revealing a dimension of himself to you that may not have been known to the fathers, but yet he will reveal that to you. You can check that in Exodus 6, verse 2 and verse 3. It says, I was known to them by El Shaddai, by the Lord God Almighty, but by, name, by the name Jehovah, or by the name Lord, I was not known to them. And God is saying, in this dispensation, 
I am going to reveal myself to you in ways that were not known to the fathers before you. Yes, they had had a walk with me, yet they had done great valiantly and great things for me. But there was a dimension of myself that was not known to them because before now they had not, they did not need that dimension. But now I'm revealing a dimension of myself to you that will be instrumental in the walk that you're going to have with me going forward. Think about that. I'm just going to pause for a few seconds. Think about that. God is saying, I'm going to reveal a dimension of myself to you, a dimension you had not known before, a dimension that will be very instrumental in your new walk with me. Think on this thing. Just breathe on it for a few seconds. Just breathe on it for a few seconds. We can even just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. I just feel like we should just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit right now concerning the word we have heard so far. I'm going to continue on further, but just, I feel like we should just let this sink in. It's been a lot again into our spirit. Just let this sink in. Just let this sink in. The Holy Spirit is saying a lot of things to us. I just want to begin to ask him right now, Lord, bring them back. Bring back the visions. Bring back the words. Bring back the prophecies. Bring back the dreams. Bring them back, Lord. Bring them back, Lord. Bring them back. The signs that you put upon my attention, bring them back, Lord. The burning bush, call my attention, bring them back, Lord. The man with a drawn sword, bring them back, Lord. Bring back the signs that you put upon my attention and give me the grace to begin to approach you. Give me the grace to begin to walk, you know, to approach you, to seek what you are saying, Lord. Bring them back, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray. That, Lord, you will multiply your signs to us. You will multiply your signs to us. You will multiply your speakings to us. You will multiply your showings, your visions. Multiply, to, multiply them. Also, Lord, in the name of Jesus. For we know that in the last days, that will be one of the great instruments for you to communicate to us. The Bible says that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And one of the things that will be dominant in these last days is that we would see visions. We would see visions. And the Holy Spirit is saying to you to ask for a multiplication of visions. Ask for a multiplication of visions. Because it's a thing that must happen in this day. That the men whom God is speaking to in these last days will see visions. God is multiplying visions to us that in these days we will see visions. The Bible says in Joel chapter 2 verse 28, it says, Afterward, I will pour my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. Visions are synonymous with this dispensation. Visions are synonymous with the move of God in this time. God is saying, I want to multiply visions. And I just pray for the impartation of the multiplication of visions across people, wherever you are right now, that the visions of the Lord is multiplied to you. You begin to see things like you never saw before. Your eyes are open to see the signs that God is bringing your way. You become responsive to the signs that the Holy Spirit is bringing to you. You are no longer slack. You are no longer like a fool. You, you maximize the times. You see things. You respond to them adequately as God wants you. To respond in the name of Jesus. Just pray in the Holy Ghost for a few more seconds. Just pray in the Holy Ghost for a few more seconds. That visions are multiplied to you. Visions are multiplied to you. Visions are multiplied to you. You see them and you adequately respond. You see them and you adequately respond to the visions that God is bringing your way. You no longer ask, you know, as one person who would see them and will just walk off, you know, as if nothing ever came your way. But you see visions, you see signs. And you respond to them adequately in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we see visions. We see signs. We see them. We respond to them adequately. Just like you want us to respond. We are no longer like people 
who just walk off after seeing the signs that you bring our way, but we are the kind of people who see your visions and who respond in the ways that you want us to respond in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you. We praise you. We magnify your holy name in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Spirit of God, because the visions of God are being multiplied right now over people. They are being multiplied. People start living in the multiplicity of visions. They start seeing visions like they never saw before. They start seeing dreams. Many of you would enter into a deep realm in dreams this evening. This night, the kind of dreams that will wake you up, you would get into that realm this evening. I see that already. And please, when, when that happens, just make sure to share and share your testimony that God has put you into a new place in dreams like you never had before because this is a dispensational marker that in this day, people will see dreams. Men will see dreams. God is putting you into a new level of dreams in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So we see Moses leaving the encounter with God as a babe, as one who hadn't learned anything before, as one who had taken his sandals off. We see God entering into a new level. And the Bible says concerning these kinds of people, the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 18. Can we just turn there very quickly? If you're there, Matthew chapter 18. It says in verse 3, it says, And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change, unless you be converted and be like these little children, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Unless you be converted and be like these little children, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Many of us are hoping and waiting to enter into the kingdom of heaven. We are, we are hoping and waiting that the kingdom of the, of the Lord will be manifested on the earth. But God is saying, unless you be converted, and be like these little children. And we see him giving that example with Moses here. When he said to him, take off your shoes. Take off everything that had made you a man. Take off everything that you have had in experience before. Take off the things you had learned. Take off the strategies you have learned from Egypt. Take off the things you had learned before. Come into me. Come as a new man. As a person who puts his feet on the ground. Just trust him. Come, come, come. One other thing that the shoes represented. I just want to say this very quickly. It, is, it represented a certain level of trust. From, you know, a shield from elements, a shield from the scourge of the sands, protection and all of that. And God is saying, in this new walk with me, you will trust in nothing else apart from me. Because your feet will be on the ground. You will trust me to rear you up in my hands, that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will trust me as being able to protect you. You will trust me as being able to keep you. You will trust me as being able to guide you. No longer will you depend on the shoes of man. You will depend right now on trusting him. Because sometimes... In this walk and journey of life and where God is taking you to, it may seem like you are one without help. It may seem like there is no one in sight. But God is saying to you to trust him. When Elisha saw the Armenians, he saw them, a vast army approached against him. He looked defenseless in the physical, but in the spiritual, he was well catered for. In the spiritual, there was the host of God's army there to guide him. And God is saying to us, you need to take off the things that you rely on in the flesh. You need to take them off. You need to take the shoes that you have on you, the things you rely on the flesh, the things you rely on for protection, for provision, the things you rely on to seek, to shield you and to give you succor from the elements. You need to rely, you need to take off your reliance from them and focus on me to help you, to keep you, to sustain you. You need to start focusing on me, taking off your reliance from the flesh. That's another thing that the shoes represented. So Moses left this encounter with God. He left leaving his shoes behind coming to God, taking off experiences, coming to God as, as a babe, relying on God, trusting God, coming to know the God of his fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, coming to know God as the I am. Also, God began to show Moses signs. 
He said, what is it in your hand? It's a rod. He said, put the rod down. And the Bible says that the rod turned into a serpent. And he said to him, pick it back up. He said, put your hand in your coat. It turned into lep like, a, like the hand of a leprous man. He said, take it off. The hand was healed. He said, if they wouldn't believe the sign, take off water from the Nile, pour it out. It will become like blood. Moses did not only leave the, the side of the Lord with all of this. He left also with signs. He left also with wonders. When you come into God, he's able to send you forth from him with signs, with wonders and all these things. He says, these signs shall follow them. God is able to send you forth with signs when you come to a deep place of an encounter with him that you no longer live as a man that you were before when you came in. You now leave us one who has gained power. You now leave us one who has gained strength. For it is said in Isaiah 40 verse 31, it says that they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They shall mount upon wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God is saying right now that you will no longer go in the frequency of the flesh, but you would go in the power of the spirit. You will no longer go with the arm of the flesh, but you will now go with the wind of the spirit. I was speaking earlier on the day and I was saying to us that many, I was saying to someone that, you know, many times we want to go in the arm of the flesh. We want to try and achieve things by our flesh, by our physical efforts. We want to try and do things by ourselves. But let's consider the egos, the kinds of people that we are spiritually. It says we shall mount upon wings like eagles. The eagles do not try to flap their wings. Think about it. You've probably never seen an eagle trying to flap it, probably except at the point of takeoff. What the eagle does is to see the direction of the wind. He's always looking and to monitor where is the wind going, the direction of the wing, and he begins to soar on wings. He, he begins to soar on his wings. He goes very effortlessly, flowing with the frequency of the Spirit. And that's what God is saying to us this afternoon, that we need to start flowing in the frequency of the Spirit. No longer trusting the arm of your flesh, but trusting in the wind of the Spirit. Jesus speaking, it says, The wind bloweth wherever it listed. So is the Son of Man. You also have become like him. As he is, so are you. You ought also to flow in the direction of the wind. No longer trusting in your ability. Yes, you can try to achieve a few things in flapping your wings. But that's going to be very, very, you know, exhaustive. The Bible says, the labor of fools, it wearies them. They do not know how to enter into the city. God is giving you a city, but do not labor as a fool. I said that, yes. God is giving you a city, but do not labor as a fool. Do not labor as one without help. Do not labor as one without wisdom. Do not labor as one without guidance. You have received help from the Holy Spirit and the help you have received from him is the help of the Holy Spirit. You have received help from him and you ought to walk and flow in that help. Like locusts as well. Their wings are not even able to take them the kind of journeys that they go through. Yet they sense the direction of the wind and they are able to flow in the direction of the wind. The Holy Spirit is meant to be for us like wings, like the, like the wind. Be below our wings. It's meant to be for us that way. Like wind below our wings. The Holy Spirit will help us not to labor like fools. Not to be like Moses thinking. I'm, I'm thinking how many how many men could Moses have probably killed before he was found out and killed? Just one man and Pharaoh was looking for his head. Just one man he killed. How many Egyptians could he have killed to liberate three million Jews? He killed one man to save one man from temporary punishment. How many Egyptians could he have possibly killed to liberate the three million Jews from captivity? You can think about it. it was impossible. Many of you are trying to achieve spirit-breathed things by things of the flesh or by abilities of the flesh. And God is saying, don't do that. Don't do that. Adopt the strategy of Moses. Adopt the strategy that God taught Moses. Learning to depend on him. Taking off his shoes. Leaving the reliance on the flesh and everything that the flesh created. Leaving the arm of flesh. Trusting only in the spirit. That is what God wants. So Moses left also with signs, 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 signs. 
the question is, we're going to approach our enemies very shortly. After all of this is done, I'm saying this prophetically because I know that God is opening new gates and new territories for us. God is going to give us signs. God is going to give us signs. Make sure not to leave this lockdown without having tangible signs to show the world that you have come to God. God said to Moses, he says, when you come before Pharaoh, do show these signs that he would believe. Show these signs also to the people, to the children of Israel. God will give you signs to show the world. Don't say, well, they'll just hear and believe. No, 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 no. God says these signs shall follow them. They are meant to be testaments to your walk with God. God wants to give you signs. God wants to give you signs. God wants to give you signs. Hear that clearly. God wants to give you signs. Press in in this season until you get tangible signs from God to mark that you have been with him. Press into God. Press into him. Moses got signs. His rod became like a serpent. His hand became leprous. He could turn water into blood. He got signs that made even Pharaoh believe, that made the children of Israel believe and hear him, that of course God had appeared to you. And we see in chapter 4, the Bible says, Concerning Moses, it says in chapter 4, the Bible says in verse 19, it says, Now the Lord had said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all the men who wanted to kill you are dead. And verse 20, the Bible says that Moses took his wife and sons and put them on a, drink, on, 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 a, on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. What was a normal staff? What was a normal staff? What just a wooden staff in Moses' hand? By virtue of the encounter, turn to the staff of God. God is able to make the things that seem normal in your life turn to great things. God turned the staff of Moses. What was a normal wooden staff he used for his shepherd business? God turned that to his staff. You can see that in verse 20 of Genesis of Exodus 4. It says that he took the staff of God with him. What is it that is in your hand? God is able to turn the thing that seems small, that seems normal, that seems mundane, that seems everywhere. God is able to turn that into the staff of God. What is it in your hand? Some of you have small businesses. Some of you have small things you're doing in the corner. It seems small, but God is saying when you come to him in this encounter, he's able to make that which seemed like a normal staff to become the staff of God. Are you seeing that in verse 20 in Exodus 4? God is able to make the staff that you have with you that seems like a normal thing. Everyone can have a staff. Everyone could have a staff back in the day. I'm sure almost everyone did, but God turned the staff in Moses' hand. To become the staff of God. And with that he was able to write great signs before the children of Israel. He was able to write great signs before Pharaoh. He was able to part the Red Sea. Because he had come into this place in God. That turned the ordinary staff into a great staff. The staff of God. I pray that the Lord helps us with understanding in the name of Jesus. Moses left the encounter with the name of God. He left the encounter with the knowledge of God. He left the encounter with strength from God. He left the encounter with the ability of God. He left the encounter with signs, with wonders. He left the encounter with the staff of God. He left the encounter with the new knowledge. The Lord is bringing these things our way. Remember to be responsive to the signs God brings our way. Do not just brush them off. Do not brush them off. When you see a sign, when you see a dream, when you see a vision, remember that God is bringing this your way for a reason. He wants to draw you close. God wants to draw you close. The Bible says that when God saw that Moses had gone to look at the bush or at the sign that God put there, God spoke. God will speak to you when he sees that you come. God will speak to you when he sees that you come. When Joshua saw the sign of the angel with the drawn sword, he went forward and approached the angel and God spoke to him. God is able to speak to you when you come. God is able, I feel the presence. God is able to speak to you when you come. Just come. That's all within your responsibility to do. Just come. Just come. Approach him like Moses approached the sign. Approach God. 
God is multiplying signs right now. He's multiplying visions. He's multiplying prophecies. For many of us, you will receive the multiplication of visions, the multiplication of signs. You will receive them. God is setting bushes on fire that are not consumed. Things that seem inexplicable. God is putting them as signs. For some of you, it's Nigeria. How will a country be blessed with, with all these human, material, financial resources and still be in this place that is so backward? For about two or three of you, you have heard that sign. You have seen that and it's a sign to you. Why is this happening? But God is saying, when you draw close to seek me in that sign, you will find something. You will find all of these things flowing after you. You will not leave me as any ordinary person. You will have a new vision. You will have a new thought. You will have a new flow. You will have a new understanding. You will see me for who I truly am. You will see a new revelation of myself that was not made known to your fathers before you. You will see me anew. I pray that the Lord will help us to understand these things in the name of Jesus. That God will help us to draw to him. God will help us to present ourselves to him. God will help us to understand the strategy that Moses saw and begun the operation. It was with these things Moses was able to liberate the children of Israel out of captivity in Egypt. And with them you are able to save your world. With them you are able to do valiantly for God with the signs, with the strategy of Moses. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God is saying adopt my strategy. I'm going to end with this. God is saying, adopt my strategy. Adopt my strategy. Can you just echo that where you are? You can say that. You can just type it in. Adopt my strategy. Adopt my strategy. It's a strategy he taught Moses. It's a strategy he taught Joshua after him. It's a strategy he teaches everyone after him. David say he teaches my fingers to war. God is the one who is able to teach. It is the strategy God is teaching. God is saying, adopt my strategy. It's a strategy of Moses. Adopt it. That's what God is saying. Come to me. See the sign. Respond to it. Come, 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 come. Say, here I am. Find out why God is putting the sign. Put, adopt it. Follow, follow, follow through. Listen to him. Go through with him. Listen to the revelations God is giving to you. Listen to the things God is saying. Listen to the task God has set ahead of you. You may have tried to approach God with the arm of flesh before. You may have tried to liberate the Jews, your own Jews, with the sign or with your own strength. But God is saying that wouldn't work. That wouldn't take you any further than it took Moses. Come to me. Withdraw. Come to the Father's side of Horeb. You need to see God right now in this period. Consecrated. The Bible says that Moses drew to the Father's side of Horeb, the mountain of the Lord. You know where the mountain of the Lord is. It's in your secret place upon Mount Zion. There shall be deliverance and holiness. The sons of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Moses approached God in Horeb, the mountain of the Lord. You are able to approach God at this time. God is saying, draw to me right now. Come, seek me. You would see a sign. Follow through. Ask. Go closer to him. Take off your sandals. Remove the reliance on the flesh. Remove the experiences you have had beforehand. Know who I am. Know who I have been to your fathers. Know who I am to you right now. The revelation I'm bringing forth your way. Learn the signs I am teaching you. I want to make you a sign to the generations. I want to make your staff what was seemingly just a normal kind of rod. I want to make that a great sign to the nations after you. God is saying all of that to us this afternoon. Will you adopt the strategy of God? Will you adopt it? I have adopted the strategy of Moses. Is the strategy I've adopted is the strategy I live by. I will no longer try to chase things by the flesh. I will no longer try to chase things by the arms of flesh. I will pursue God and do things the way God wants them to be done. I know that many of you, you are mature like Moses was. Mature and then he went to pursue and kill the Egyptian. God is saying, don't let your maturity, because you, you feel you are now a spiritual juggernaut. You feel you now know things in God. You feel you are now big enough to pursue your vision, to pursue the things God has placed in your hands. But God is saying that is not enough. 
the maturity you have gained physically and spiritually may not be enough. There is an encounter that God wants to bring your way in this season. This is an outward for this season. There is an encounter God wants to bring your way this season that is necessary to where he's taking you to, that is necessary to the call God has had over your life. Yes, you may have achieved some things before now, but a new season is opening up. 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 Set sail with the winds of the Spirit. Set sail with the winds of the Spirit. Set sail with the winds of the Spirit. Let the winds of the Spirit be what you will glide with. Don't ever try to flap your wings anymore. Flow with the Holy Spirit. Flow with the blowing of the Holy Spirit. Flow, 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 flow. The Holy Spirit will help us with understanding of these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Holy Spirit, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Lord, come over us like a rushing wind. Come over us like a rushing wind. Come over us like a rushing wind. We thank you, Spirit of God. We bless your name, Father. We give you glory and praise. Thank you, Jesus, our God. We bless your name, Father. For in Jesus' most precious name we have prayed. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you guys. Send in your testimony. I believe many of you have been blessed by the word today. Send in your testimony. Share this story. Share share. if you're listening on Mixlr. Share it if you're listening on you know, Instagram, wherever you're listening from. Make sure to share it with your friends that they also might be blessed with the word that God brought to us this season. The Lord is able to help us. God is raising a large army from us. Imagine all of us were like Moses in our different fields, in our different dispensations. Imagine all of us were like Moses. God is able to do that, to raise up mighty, mighty, mighty people in different spaces. The Lord's hand be strong upon you in the name of Jesus. God bless you all. God bless you all. God bless you all. Please, guys, share this. Tomorrow, yes, tomorrow by 8.30 p.m. Tomorrow, we'll not be doing prayer marathon in the morning by 6.30 a.m. 6.15, we'll be rather praying by 8.30 p.m. That is the announcement for us from today. We're, we're praying tomorrow, for just tomorrow, only on Sundays that we pray in the evenings, 8.30 p.m. Prayer marathon continues. I've been greatly blessed. I trust many of you guys have been. Make sure to share with your friends. Let them be a part of what God is doing with us in this season. God is bringing a specific diet to us. God wants us to feed from the diet he's bringing to us. Just like God brought, you know, a diet to, to Elijah. And with that diet, Elijah was able to run for 40 days and 40 nights. God is bringing a diet to us that will mark how well we will run in the season that is coming after. God saw the journey that was ahead of Elijah and it took him by the brooks and prepared him for the journey. And even when he thought he was done and he thought he had eaten to his food, God said, wake up for the journey is still far. Eat, eat more. God is saying to you, you think you have eaten a lot in this season. Wake up. Eat more. Eat more. Pray more. Study the word more. Consecrate more. Do more than you have done for the journey or where he's taking you to. It's farther than when you, where you think it is. The, the journey is far, trust me. The journey is far. So do not, do not slumber. Do not sleep. Wake up, wake up, wake up. I want to read one scripture lastly before we go. It's a prophetic scripture in Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah was speaking. Let's read that scripture before we go. The Bible says in Isaiah 62, verse 6, verse 7. 
It says, I have posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. And you can say that in Nigeria or yourself. They will never be silent day or night. You will call on the name of the Lord. Give yourselves no rest. You will call on the name of the Lord. Give yourselves no rest. And give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes her a praise on the earth. Do not give God any rest. Do not give yourself any rest. Till he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise on the earth. Till he establishes the things he has said concerning you and makes it a praise on the earth. Do not give him any rest. God bless you guys in the name of Jesus. Amen.